It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is Time Enough Podcast. Hello, this is Time Enough Podcast, where we talk about the Twilight Zone and beyond. This is Matt talking to you in his car off to the side of a road is Andrew. <laughs> no, no, no. See, I'm in a, I'm in a rocket. I've crashed He's... landed in some really weird place. Uh, it's not Earth because um, like I can't breathe. Oh, I guess okay. if I open the door, it would all change. <laughs> right, right. It's, is that, it seems very is it, similar to Earth. There's probably just <laughs> people farting outside, and that's why you can't breathe outside. There's is a are. green haze on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Today's episode is I Shot an Arrow into the Air. I kept writing sky over and over. <laughs> no? No, I guess I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a poet, and I don't know it, right? Because I did it's based based on the somebody's poem. I forgot whose poem. To be perfectly honest, um, <laughs> I did I did find out things about the people that are involved with this episode of the Twilight Zone. So I'll do that thing. Corey is played by Dewey Martin, who rubs shoulders with some notable leads. He appeared with Humphrey Bogart and Knock on Any Door in the Desperate Hours. He added Kirk Douglas to his CV in the big sky and Dean Martin in 10,000 bedrooms where he, where he had to fill in for an absent Jerry Lewis. He has some notable genre credits as well with a thing from another world and land of the Pharaohs. Edward Brins played Colonel Don Donlin and his credits go here, there and everywhere. We got juror six and 12 angry men, an appearance in North by Northwest Patton. And that's just the film work. His TV credits ramble extensively. Uh, spots on MASH and Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea caught my eye. Director Stuart Rosenberg made some real stuff, man. Television seems to have been more of a dalliance, and the man helmed some notable films such as Cool Hand Luke, The Amityville Horror, and Voyage of the Damned. Damn. Village of the Damned or Voyage of the Damned? Voyage. I don't think I've seen Voyage of the Damned. I, maybe that maybe because of the village is why it caught my eye. Anyway, Cool Hand Luke, Amityville Horror. That's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can't can't disparage those two. No. I guess you could disparage the Amityville Horror if you're not a horror fan. But well, if you are a horror also, fan, you can. <laughs> it's also it's also the bunch of garbage. It never none of that happened. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that's what that's a movie. These movies aren't real. This this is not. What? This was you're not. The Arrow One was not the first spacecraft that went into space or did not go into space, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess uh go ahead, give us that prologue. All right, I gotta I gotta am I still on? I have your old picture with your hand. But yeah, fine. so see it won't be able to do like both at once, but that's fine. We're we're gonna make this Shizer happen. 
There we go. I emailed it to myself. Did you put there we uh, are. did you put a description for the email or did you send it blank with no subject? Bzz, bzz, bzz. Nope, nope. All right, here we go. Is this we're gonna do Rod Sterling? You can't see it, but my teeth are like dry. Okay. Okay. Her name is the Arrow One. She represents four and a half years of planning, preparation H, and training, and a thousand years of science, mathematics, and the projected dreams and hopes of not only a nation, but a world. A world. She is the first manned aircraft into space, and this is the countdown. The last five seconds before man shot an arrow into the air. All right. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like your Serling has a little more camp in it, like a little John Waters in it, which I guess makes sense for a guy that was doing Serling impressions at burlesque shows. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was meant for the, the back the back row, you know what I mean? So <laughs> the subtleties aren't going to read from that that distance. Right. That's fine. Um, yeah, this is another one where it's kind of this weird, like pre-space race really taking its own flight look into what they thought the space race might be i guess yeah i mean you can't beat science fiction period that that's uh, that was done prior to uh the actual you know definitely from space exploration and the moon landing um but just nasa kind of in general it did you know how the ships looked and what a rocket looked like could be anything you know uh what planet other planets looked like could be anything i mean I love stuff like that because someone like no, no one past when space exploration was actually taking place could ever see it the way that the people that saw that original broadcast must have seen it. Cause they're like, you know, you watch it and you're like, okay, no, that's, that's earth. <laughs> <laughs> but the other people watching like maybe, you know, well, we did the lonely, which used the same location as a, uh, you know, an asteroid. Not so, true. Yeah, so true. you know, a few weeks earlier, they called it an asteroid. So yeah. uh, maybe they were just like playing mind games with that dude, too. And he was actually on Earth the whole time. <laughs> Probably, maybe. <laughs> no, I love stuff like this, man, because this reminds me a little bit of EC Comics, you know, and those always had that really like sort of grim snap ending, you yeah. know. And, and so even though Twilight Zone it has some episodes that definitely fit that this is one of the ones that's it's meant to be a real, Oh man. Except you know, EC, kind of, EC comics would have had Corey eating his crewmates entrails. No, you know, that's, uh, you know, that's more for the Corey vault of probably, horror, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, Corey was basically there. I mean, he wanted to kill everybody from the top pretty much. <laughs> I mean, they were, like you said in your notes, there was no psychological profile whatsoever on this guy. Yeah. Or they failed. I mean, that could have been it too, but um, yeah, maybe yeah. he was a cop. I thought this one was kind of weird for, I mean, having such an extensive kind of not, not Serling's prologue, but like, you know, like actual film prologue. Yeah. There was a lot of, um, I guess, I don't know what you call that. Then now we call it stock footage. 
Right. They got that. But they have their their mission control, which I just thought was funny because, you know, like eight years later, you'd have such a super swank looking one. This one's yeah, pretty lame, <laughs> though, though it is probably more like what the uh, Mercury missions mission control look like. So, yeah, I was going to say, you know, this would have been CBS, so they could have gotten a hold of something, you know, from their newsreels and stuff. Right. Well, they had the actual actors, though, and, the, you know, that that one dude gets the titular line and all that. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. Is that is, is it is it like extra pretentious if you've named your show after a poem and then you have someone say it in the episode or do you or do, does someone have to say it in the episode now? Oh, man, I don't know. You know, that that could get really corny really fast. I think having the line, though, if it was since it was a poem, uh, having someone say that. I think is going to be good for the people that then want to go back and read. So you got to, you got to figure science fiction heads were really into the twilight zone. So anything that was based on like a, you know, a Matheson short story, you know, or anything like that, they would eat that up, you know? And plus they would, they'd get on Twitter and talk about how poorly translated the story was. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, I just have to bring it up as we time enough podcast. <laughs> Oh man. <laughs> See, that that was baked in well, right? <laughs> yeah, no that that didn't seem like <laughs> force at all. That just seemed super very uh, totally natural. <laughs> yeah. So, I guess, you know, the production crew were a bunch of sadists at this point because they've now like dragged themselves out to Death Valley to film and, you know, late summer like several times. I've been to Death Valley. It was January. It was pleasant, but I was going to say, you're not going to catch me out there anytime except winter time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It was around new year. That was fantastic. It was very comfortable. So yeah, I think yeah. Death Valley is a very comfortable place, but it wasn't July or anything, but yeah, these, these guys, I, I think filming of this was around like, you know, like September or something. So, and they, oh, it's Valley, Death yeah. Valley. They got the, themselves out there like several times. So, <laughs> and, they, and they really did give them canteens with holes in it. <laughs> and, and they gave him a metal notepad in Death Valley. <laughs> like, yeah, no, for real. Like when he when he throws the notepad to the ground at one point, it would have been funny if it was fused to his skin. They wouldn't come off. <laughs> there were there were some things in here, and I didn't know if they were like space canteens or retro canteens and was that a space triangle fire or a retro triangle fire at night you know uh, it's hard to know i mean that's again one of the reasons why i love sci-fi that was done prior to when there was reference for all of this stuff you know because they really could just make up whatever you know this little the box with a coat hanger and tinfoil covering it that really could be like you know some sort of a transmitter i love that stuff i love it Space was never as cool as uh, we thought it was going to be. Never. Mm. Are we sure? Oh, I'm sure. They find the New Horizons is pretty cool. That's really I think cool. so. Yeah, that flew past Pluto. You got photos of Pluto. That was pretty hip. Oh, no, I'm not talking about the, you know, the, uh, as far as what we learned from it. I was talking about the way everything looked. You oh, know? right. Okay. Everything's so utilitarian and, and you know, like a... Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen like it's a, a rocket that the inside looks when they get the shell off there, but it just looks like some jumble of an engine. It just looks like it could come from a car. There's nothing yeah. cool about it. 
Well, you know, when they made this, they're on a TV budget and they're only like two shades past, you know, Flash Gordon rockets, rocket ships on wires. Right. So this is already pretty forward looking. I I was reading where, um, you know, like in the 50s, they started showing like Flash Gordon serials on the air again under the the name Space Soldiers. Right. And everyone loved it because like those 30s effects you know they they actually had something of a budget and they were like so far beyond anything sci-fi on tv to that point yeah because yeah, uh, no i i love that stuff i mean captain so video was like what cardboard boxes i think or something it did, you know <laughs> but that's so great though it's like oh, it man, is great. Let's go back to that you know yeah. that's like let's uh you know if, if it has to look really great put it off in the distance spray paint something you know for <laughs> space boobs in space I gosh that that scene where where they're retrieving the 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 video transmission or whatever I mean that was like a baby gate uh, a Ghostbusters backpack I mean I really I <laughs> had so much fun using bullshit <laughs> to make that thing. Well, when we were kids, what do we do for the? It was a, a Playmobil spaceship when we with a black <laughs> glove over a you know a black blanket with holes in it. <laughs> that was yeah. Awesome. That, but yeah, that was the fantastic. stars and the planets yeah no it it looked fabulous you know that was all i was trying to do is recreate that and uh at the scenes where it shows the spacecraft actually moving through i mean i just had it on a barbecue skewer and it was a toy same thing as what we did when we were kids and uh i put it in front of a, a black sheet with a light behind it i mean there's like <laughs> nothing changed basically <laughs> <laughs> so Stan Lee kind of took the concept and did better with this, right? This is this is kind of the crap version of the Fantastic Four. Oh my god. <laughs> like, this they, would be like yeah, Fantastic Four ate each other. Was, yeah, this is like the Donner Party Fantastic, the Fantastic Donner Party. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> I, I saw my note here, Corey is like the lame sociopath version of the thing. And I was like sitting there staring at it for a minute because I, I for a minute I was thinking of like the other thing, right? <laughs> Oh, the, the Carpenter thing? Probably because I just read my trivia where he had been in Thing from Another World. From but, another uh, world. Yeah. but it's kind of like the thing. You know, there are a bunch of isolated dudes like getting pissed at each other, except, you know, we don't have to worry about which one is the psycho in this case. <laughs> well, the, the thing is that um, Donnelly is the leader. I mean, they're supposed to be following what he does, but immediately Corey's like, I'm not going to listen to you. <laughs> and he's, he, he's talking back to his superior immediately. Yeah. So I, I, you probably saw some of my notes, but I was like, about 2010, they, they could have like remade this with like Dane Cook in the Corey role. Oh, God. <laughs> Everybody would suspect him from the moment. I mean, from the jump, they'd just be like, kill him. Well, they, that's pretty much would... how this works, too, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're, at what point do you just like, what was, what was the other dude's name? There was the third guy, not the one that dies immediately. Pearson. The other guy. Pearson. He could have just been like, hey, Pearson, what say me and you smoke, Corey? (laughs) (laughs) But he was trying to do the right thing. They did well with establishing Donnelly as as any kind of leader would be. He's interested in saving everybody. They are his responsibility. So as much as he probably did want to knock the (laughs) of Corey, he (laughs) he did care about his survival. He was just, you know, he was... Corey was throwing a monkey wrench in everything. They're like, let's go left. And Corey was just like, murder. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of like the, you know, sometimes making the 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 moral choice isn't the right choice, but 
I guess you should probably still make the moral choice, even if you end up getting shot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Live well, with I mean, yourself or die with out. yourself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In, in, in light of how things turned out at the end, uh, that wouldn't have been a good look <laughs> for the colonel if they killed him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew he wasn't a scientist. He was, he was using distance in uh, miles, you know? <laughs> yeah, no. That's what are you not... going to do? Yeah. I've actually lost most of my aptitude for miles, which is pretty wild. Like, if you tell me the distance, I want to hear it in kilometers now. Kilometer, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, you know, it's what the signs show, right? So, but yeah, I was definitely um, in a, had a few years of, uh, you know, phasing there, going from miles to kilometers, man. Um, yeah. Another thing that made him a, a, a rank bastard was uh, when he drinks his water and it's just like, you know, pouring all over his face, you know? If, you, if you're trying right, to- he doesn't even want the, at the point where they're not exactly sure the guy is dying, they're over talking to me because they've crashed. And, uh, you know, most of the people in the crew are dead from this crash, but, you know, four survive. One's just hurt really bad. And so they're trying to, like, you know, keep him alive if they can and treat him well. And, you know, they want to give him some water. And yeah, Corey's like, don't give him water. He's dead. <laughs> you hear him going, like, I'm not quite dead. <laughs> and then he's drinking I think I think Corey's drinking, yeah. it's just like half of it's running down his face, you know, when if you no, only have five when, gallons, that's. No, it's true. When you've got such a short amount of time to establish characters, you want to do things like that. Maybe he had space madness from his <laughs> two minutes in space. <laughs> I, I, I know. The shortest case is I, I think, um, I think, it was, yeah, it was Amazon, of course, that just put out the um, a, a kind of, you know, fluff documentary but you know kind of fun to see with uh shatner's space trip and it would have been fun if they, they had like kind of like segued into this sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> something like this had happened a little like folding over on itself maybe a little galaxy quest you know shatner shoots jeff bezos <laughs> i mean <laughs> whatever happens in space stays in space well, that would have been in the desert, though, after they crash landed. True. <laughs> but uh, yeah, something that caught me is, uh, OK, a couple of things I'm going to, you know, like uh, cr- chronologically wise, of course, is its first, but um, definitely had a bit of the astronaut stumbling through the desert vibe from Planet of the Apes, which Serling wrote at least the first draft for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. So I, I don't know how much that was like the actual movie, but um yeah, when the, the first 20 minutes of that movie and this episode definitely kind of feel similar. They do. Yeah, no, it's totally true. Except, uh, yeah, and Charlton Hesty, Heston would be the Corey in that case because he was the one complaining about humanity and everything the whole time. <laughs> he was. He was the commander. But uh, yeah, he wasn't trying to like murder his surviving crewmate. So that was that was good of him. <laughs> yeah, no, Corey's just, he he, he pretty much... I, yeah, I mean, it it had to have been hard for him to just not murder everybody as soon as they landed, you know. Yeah, the the other he was one on everybody's water. Yeah, I mean, he was it. What was it? There was like one gun. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, the other thing is, as they're moving through the desert, we we get like blood feast music on the soundtrack. That was pretty fun. <laughs> so I wondered <laughs> if. I wonder if Corey was like looking after an going for an Egyptian feast or something, you know. <laughs> you know that was Hers- Herschel Gordon Lewis playing that stuff because they're 
the drummer that they hired the, the, to come do it on the day didn't show up. So he had to just, <laughs> he did that himself. <laughs> you can just imagine him doing that. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe he patterned that after this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, that was my thought just cause I had just done a blood feast podcast. So, you know, it's like, I watched, he's like almost night to night and I was like, wait a minute, this is mm. the same music, man. <laughs> yeah. No, I love it, man. I tried to recreate that for, uh, I don't know one of the ones that I did. I tried. I went for the blood feast drums. Um. So yeah, Donlan, you know, leaves his gun as he goes checking the ridge, and Corey takes that opportunity, right, uh, to take him out. There were a lot of rocks. <laughs> I mean, he even looks at a rock at one point and thinks about it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Now nah, you know what's gonna happen, man. You know he's gonna come back talking about oh Pearson, he went crazy and bashed his own head in. But before he did that, he said, please take all my water. <laughs> <laughs> okay. As, as long as it sounds convincing. Yeah, yeah that sounds like Pearson. <laughs> that guy's always popping off, you know. He's, he's, he's always out of pocket, that Pearson. I no. believe that. <laughs> no, um, Pearson's symbol is pretty abstract. I mean, I guess you're dying. You know, he, he, that was the best he could do in a pinch. But uh, yeah. yeah. They were never going to work that out. <laughs> no. He, what he draws, it looks like an equal sign and the, then an, a line through it. So it was like, what's not equal to? You know, I mean, it's, I would have written. It's 59. You know, he, was, he, was, he was making a civil rights movement statement. He's like, things know. are I not equal. <laughs> I would have drawn either a, or tried to write a cuss word. Because mm. <laughs> that would have told them pretty much the same but it was a uh it was a telephone wire okay but yeah but why in space would you be thinking about that you know? exactly that's not really a connection i mean well obviously seriously like oh geez that's obviously not in space yeah unless... he just didn't have the energy i would have drawn a knife and then draw an arrow towards Corey. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That probably would have been the best, the best call, yeah. <laughs> or, or hey, <laughs> maybe maybe they're on that other planet from um, third from the sun. You know, it, maybe they did get into space. It's only eleven million <laughs> miles away, apparently. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they they for how quickly they were in, you know, in this in the spacecraft before it crashed for them to go. You yeah, you mentioned this in your notes. It's like you're like yeah, yeah, we must be in space already. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on an this, asteroid we're in the same orbit as the earth the sun looks the same the air seems the same gee you think yeah. it might be earth <laughs> no that was a big like when he looks up at the sun he's like wow that looks a lot like Earth's sun you're like come on man you're gonna give that away so soon that's not this a looks hint a lot like death valley <laughs> <laughs> no you know people were probably going like oh. they probably knew you know, maybe, and it was maybe, more about the suspense of waiting for them to know. Maybe you they know? all passed out due to the G forces, so they couldn't quite work out the time. Nah, I mean, yeah. I'm just that's too much benefit of the doubt. Um, I, I guess we're betraying that. While not, you know, there there aren't any. Well, there are a few, but most Twilight Zones are pretty good. But this is uh, probably somewhere in the middle of its range. I would say. I don't yeah, know. it is. Um, you know, honestly, what it makes me think of there's a there's a children's story called little bear and uh i think this is a maurice syndic i can't remember who wrote it but little bear is a baby bear and he's bored so he goes he decides he's going to go to the moon 
And so he makes like a cardboard uh, helmet or something like that. And he jumps down a hill and then he like is for just a little further down because he rolled down a hill and he's like, I must be in space. <laughs> and then he goes back into his mom's house. He's wow. On space, this house looks just like my house. That what that space creature looks just like my mom. His mom plays along with it. Uh, who would have thought this is very similar to what happens in the Twilight Zone? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so let's make it clear who who took a trip to the Twilight Zone in this episode. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely Corey. How about the dead? How about the dead astronauts? I knew you were gonna say that, and I don't. I mean, I guess theoretically you could work that out, but the reason why I would say Corey is because it pretty much says that's where he went. Right, you right. Know? They, well, they don't I, often say, but they, they pretty much say, yeah, it was him. Well, there's the uh, three not-quite-dead astronauts and the four like real dead astronauts, right? So I guess the True. four that were not dead just had a, you know, a horrible space accident. <laughs> Yeah, Which, like, in 1959, a, I guess it's a bit Twilight Zoney, but but not really. That's that's having a your space accident. So um, yeah, they had a near Twilight Zone experience. <laughs> the super not quite dead person, um, he wouldn't have cared. So I, I don't know if I'd put him in the zone. <laughs> no, no, he wouldn't because he was already out of it. So I guess um, yeah, Corey definitely is 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 our main passenger. Um, Donlin and Pearson. I don't know if you get off in the twilight zone, does that make you a, a spectator to the zone or, um, or a participant? <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't think participant. I mean, you would have had to have been an antagonist, I think for that to qualify you, you know, because it always seems like going to the twilight zone seems like the result of somebody's actions. And the only one, the, uh, neither of them took an action that would have sent them there. I don't think. Yeah. They, they were very starfleet. Yeah. <laughs> So, so, I, <laughs> so I guess we're just going to leave it with, uh, and they didn't, they didn't learn the twist in the end, right? Because they were too busy no. being dead. Well, no, excuse me, no. Pearson did. So, oh no, Pearson, I guess we could say, um, dabbled his toes in the zone because he 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 learned the twist. That's right, he did. Ooh, that's right, he did. You know what? I am going to say Pearson. I changed okay. my mind. So. So that's Corey and Pearson that we're going to put in this week. And um, did they deserve it? Uh, Corey, well, Corey deserves to be arrested now. <laughs> yeah, his, he's going to get his, man, really soon. It's like, because um, how, how are they going to, how's he going to explain that, you know? <laughs> he's not, he's just, he, you know, they'll be like, all right, well, you were, <laughs> and you wanted all the water because you thought you were in space. <laughs> this man has a bullet in him, you see. <laughs> <laughs> he that's because he was that's because he fell on the bullet that's why he did y'all don't know about that the space bullets <laughs> peasant <laughs> yep yep they should have screened a little more psychologically um so pearson i mean he was doing his job right so i guess he would not deserve it so much although he might have been more like just like oh crap we just yeah, we just flopped right back down onto Earth. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah, it's kind of what we didn't see that makes that one iffy. But I would be okay with both of them going. But I, I still, yeah, it's Pearson would be a good case. But I didn't think about that. You really didn't see how that happened. Right. He's he's at least aware that there there's some Twilight Zone around them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, which actually does come from the pilot term anyway, so I guess it makes sense. <laughs> Although they, they landed in the pure day zone as far as that those atmospherics are concerned. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> um, on the tripometer, where do you want to put this one? Oh, gosh. It's hard to say because... Uh, you know, after talking through it, I feel like the, the suspense, you know, suspense works a couple different ways. One is like when, you know, just as much as the, the characters in it. And the other way is when you know more than they do and you're there for the suspense. suspense is created by what you know and what they don't know. And mm. uh, that uh, is hard for me to gauge because of how how you know early on it's very obvious that they're not on earth because of what we know about other planets and stuff and uh so gosh the the, the original airing tripometer would be higher than mm. what it is now but uh i don't know what was the scales at one to five it was zero to five if you want but yeah zero to five i i feel like i used two in the last one i'm gonna give it a two okay i was gonna go I think we we're three on the last one yeah it's gonna go 2.3 because i like decimals but um actually there's one (laughs) there's one thing where um well they're kind of you know it looks kind of like the lonely with using the similar location um yeah and then you you were mentioning the airing date it would be trippier however in broadcast order and in this podcast the previous episode was third from the sun which Mm -hmm. to me kind of has a similar vibe i don't know if you've watched that one recently but uh no, but I know which one you're talking about, and I never consider the air date. You know, people have gotten kind of the vibe of Twilight Zone um, at this point, so they might have been kind of wise to it. Yeah, and I because third from well, was last week, so I guess it's not really a spoiler anyway. But you know, it's got the the guy, they're leaving the planet with nuclear destruction, and it turns out their new planet is is Earth. Hence me joking about the 11 million miles because that's what they say. Yeah, <laughs> <isn't>... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i feel like that and they have the guy back on the planet that's kind of like the the, the creepy dude that he's not he's not cory psychotic but he's definitely he's far creepier so i feel yeah, like, like in this case you know it's an anthology show for the most part i take these like you know bit by bit right yeah. but in this case i do I'm, i do have to feel like one maybe these aren't good back-to-back airing date episodes <laughs> just a little bit no they're not too similar. so if we're taking that into yeah if we're taking that into consideration yeah it's definitely low there i mean i'm sticking with two yeah yeah it's, we're pretty much in the same place i somehow i felt two yeah. is a little bit too late because they, they had space stuff but yeah twilight zone does space stuff a lot better in a lot of other places um i, I definitely like the Corey performance that was a great performance <laughs> oh yeah no to know that he's he did comedy I mean, it, that makes total sense because they're often the ones that can play menace really, really well. Yeah, so they they certainly utilize that, and and, and Dolan is fine as well. There's it's this is mm-hmm. not like a it's not an acting flaw. Again, you know, every shot in here does look like a, a art photo, you know, and the acting mm-hmm. is pretty solid. So there's uh, still you know plenty going for it. That's why I don't quality rate these. So <laughs> no, it just wasn't one of, in terms of endings and all of that stuff. It just didn't do what it what the Twilight Zone does as well as, like you said, some of the later ones. Right. 
and next week uh, is is the hitchhiker so if you were watching as an airing date you're going to get pretty uh you know you most people would probably be pretty impressed the next week if they weren't this week <laughs> yeah no the hitchhiker is awesome um wrapping up today uh tell them where you're at hey so my friends and i make movies in athens we're called gonzorific you can visit gonzorific.com g-o-n-z-o-r-i-f-f-i-c and uh we got dvds for sale we got youtube movies you can look at uh and we have um also well no we don't have anything coming up i'm in the writing stage now as this is airing so uh, I don't have can anything people, to can promote. Can people come to your house and st- stare into your window as you watch you write? Is that cool? I mean, yeah, go ahead. You know, it's not gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna mess me up. <laughs> um, this is Time Enough Podcast. It's Time Enough Pod on Twitter. Time Enough Podcast on Facebook. Um, hopefully, you can find it wherever you can find podcasts. Not quite as of this recording, but hey, I record these way out of whack, so they're <laughs> out of uh, air date, I should say, of, of the podcast. Um, support us on Patreon with Podcastio, Podcastius, which also includes things like Matt and Luke's Sci-Fi Sanctuary, Oral Hygiene, talking about caught in educational films, and some Nintendo stuff with the Monster Hunters and the, and the Pokemons and all of that. So, <laughs> has your car landed yet i was gonna say man i've only gone like five miles so i must be in kentucky <laughs> yeehaw Dang!